What's up, guys? Welcome back to Consuming Crime with Jen and Jules. I'm Jen. And I'm Jules. So today's episode, Jen is going to be taking over as host. So why don't you go ahead and take it away? Okay. So today's story is about Michelle Headley and her ex-fiance, Ian. Tea, guys. Lots of tea today. And today's story is located in the city where Jules and I work of Ontario, California, which is super cool because I don't feel like a lot of cases, I don't feel like a lot of things really happen in Ontario. I mean, I'm sure they do, but like to this effect, I just don't, I haven't really heard of many cases. Maybe it's just not that publicized in the media. You know, mostly it's like where we're at in the Inland Empire. Yeah, because this story, um, I got the majority of the resources from a Dateline story. So, I mean, to get on Dateline, it's, it's pretty big. And that's where it was. It got a lot of media, media attention. Yeah, lots of media attention. Okay, so let's just get right to it, guys. So, Michelle Headley was an all-American girl. As I mentioned before, she had grown up in Ontario, California. And she was just known to be like an overachiever. She excelled at everything she did. She did sports. I think, believe she did track. And she was extremely smart. She landed a full-ride scholarship at a school in um, Pennsylvania, where she actually ended up going for the full four years and graduated in marketing, which is, I mean, I'm jealous. <laughs> so this is this is a more recent crime, though. So we're in 2019. This crime actually took place in around 2015, 2016. But anyway, so yeah, she managed to land a scholarship to a school in Pennsylvania where she graduated in marketing. And so after graduating, um, Michelle actually ended up landing a job at Disneyland here in Anaheim. So she moved back home with her parents in Ontario. Meanwhile, Michelle had met Ian online and they had their first date at a coffee shop where they both enjoyed a cappuccino. How cute is that, guys? That's the best first date at a coffee shop. I mean, kind of awkward because then you're forced to talk, but... But I feel like it's good. Like, it's good to talk at coffee shops. I don't know why. I just feel like the setting is so comfortable, so safe, and I just... Well, they had a cappuccino, and apparently it had worked out, guys. (laughs) So Michelle and Ian hit it off very well, and in just a couple of months, they were engaged and happy. Ian was Michelle's fairy tale man, and she was just excited for the future. So Michelle was very, I guess, like a, a hopeless romantic. Like, she really believed in love, and she just, she found that in Ian, and she was just really excited to meet this, like, great guy. So she was overall excited for the future, and soon they actually purchased a condo in Anaheim, near her job so she was able to see the fireworks every night and it was just like the perfect freaking condo like what the hell anaheim's expensive guys very expensive yeah orange county right yeah or the oc so everything seemed great you know they're happy they just moved in engaged everything seemed good until because there's always an until two months in michelle shows up at her parents house luckily michelle's parents were like really open-minded and they were there to support her and she just claimed that the relationship failed she just didn't expect Ian to be the way he was and it wasn't any like personal issues it was kind of more like she felt that his personality was way too strong for hers she was kind of more sensitive and she didn't like the way that he handled certain situations and she just didn't think it was going to work out so it's not that it, it was unhealthy it was just that they weren't as compatible as they thought I mean pretty much You know, um, throughout the documentary, Michelle never really said anything bad about Ian. She was just very, like, it just, it wasn't a fit. That's all it was. And she was really adamant about that. Okay, so the couple obviously ended up going their separate ways, but there was still something holding them together, which was the condo that they had just purchased. And it's usually like a year, right? Yeah, the thing is that Michelle had put down the, um, 
the down payment for the condo. So she was the one that moved out to her parents and he stayed living in there. So obviously Michelle wasn't happy with that. She wanted either the money back or for it to be sold. And the mortgage was under both of them. So she didn't want that tied to her. She just wanted him to get a new mortgage and for them to figure out, a, for him to figure out a way to fix it pretty much. To like pay me back and get my name off of it. Yeah, in other words, which is normal. I mean, I don't want anything tied to the person I'm not going to be spending the rest of my life with, so. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so it was supposed to be a smooth ride. They were supposed to figure them, this whole situation out on their own, but it just didn't work out that way. So the tensions were extremely high and both Ian and Michelle got lawyers in attempt to just help handle the situation, but it didn't work out that way. So Michelle started making allegations against Ian, claiming that he was abusive and had apparently been unfaithful throughout the whole relationship. And the allegations, you know, usually when you hire a lawyer, all the communications is made through the lawyer. But Michelle starts sending like kind of like really weird emails to Ian and the emails were like a very like religious like literature kind of way so one of the emails stated no law is above god's law and lilith you may try to hide behind the law of the man but it is a weak shield that will bend and clack against the sword of god and she was emailing this to ian yeah so these this was an actual email that she wrote to ian and at first i was like Who's Lilith? Like, what the hell is Lilith? I mean, I'm not a very religious, like, I mean, I'm a religious person, but I don't really, like, dig into the Bible. Wait, 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 wait. Lilith, if I can guess, because I've heard this before when I would watch True Blood, is, like, the vampire that created, it was the god that created all vampires. I don't know if that has anything to do with your story, but that's who Lilith is in the vampire Bible in True Blood. I did a little, like, research on it, and um, apparently it was, like, a very controversial um like i guess figure in the bible and it's not in all the books of the bible i believe it's like taken out and i guess it was like a like a strong woman like it was like a lot of i guess feminists like look at her as like a very strong figure because it's like the Bi- it's the first like woman that's like religious that was independent and you know a lot of biblical figures you know they carried her to the man so she was like an independent that's what i had found when i googled lilith but okay that might be a little more accurate than my um, <clears throat> hbo series but yeah overall whoever lilith is this just was a creepy email like so of course ian was freaked out about the strange email and he filed a restraining order against michelle and actually made allegations that she was in fact the one that had been unfaithful and that he was fearing for his safety due to her like angry outbursts that she would have um so obviously it's getting ugly but the case was dismissed so the restraining order never went through so in november 2015 there was a settlement regarding the condo that was finally reached and the deal was that ian had six months to get a new mortgage loan and if he did not then he would have to sell the condo and the proceeds would be split between both ian and michelle that's fair yeah and i mean michelle was okay with it so so michelle would would kind of end up losing her um her down payment but she just didn't really care i think she she just at this point wanted it all to be over so she can move on and she was actually happy because they gave a deadline a legal deadline to ian to like you know just get up and try to sell it or try to find a mortgage loan 
So eventually, Michelle um, began dating and had returned to school to pursue her master's degree because she's smart. And Ian also had began dating and was actually in a pretty serious relationship with a girl named Angela Diaz. And Wait. Who? Angela Diaz. Who was dating her? Ian. Oh, for whatever reason, I thought you said Michelle. I was like, you can't just bypass that. She's gay. Sorry. No big deal. Like, be gay if you want to, but she just bypassed that like it meant nothing. Like, what happened? I mean, it, technically, it shouldn't mean anything, Jules. It doesn't, but, like, just switch the story. Like, I want to, you got to mention that. That's, like, a whole story of itself. How'd she come out, you know? Just for clarification, since Jules got a little confused, and in case you guys did, too. Nah, it shouldn't be. I'm just Michelle began dating, and she returned to her, her own life. She went back to school to pursue her master's degree, because she's smart, as I said. And... Ian had also began dating and was in a serious relationship with a girl named Angela. Got it. All and right. Cool. Ian was with Angela. Just making it clear All for right, the Ian third time, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they began dating, and but you know, obviously, it's never calm. So six the six months of the settlement was like nearing, and Ian had made no effort to get a new mortgage. And this is when things began to get weird. Ian began to receive emails from Michelle once again, and again, they're, they're weird. So Michelle states, you told me I was your first love, but you didn't treat me like the precious, perfect treasure I am. You have sinned against God, and I want my power back because it belongs to us, the daughters of God. Sinned? Sin- like, they have sex before marriage? Like... Honestly, if I had received this email, like, I would scream and call 911. Like, that's freaking creepy. Maybe the lying, because he lied, or she lied. Someone's lying. Not They're both not getting hit. I'm sorry. Honestly, it's just, it's just creepy as hell, and anything religious, I just, I feel like it's, like, devil. Like, she's making it seem, like, really creepy, and it's just sounding like she's freaking devil worshiping, and I don't know, using some sort of, like, spells. Like using the religion as a weapon or a threat. Yeah, and it's like just so scary. It's cryptic. Okay, so now Michelle has not only began to harass Ian with emails, but also started sending Angela emails as well. And, well, it was pretty obvious that it was from from Michelle, but the person supposedly sending this email was from a name named Jason Ray. And the email said, your husband Ian doesn't love you. Michelle is his only love. But obviously, Angela knew the email was coming from Michelle. <laughs> well, yeah. What does Jason care? Angela obviously knew because the emails had like the same kind of like creepy religious vibe. So then more emails began to come in. But this time, the emails actually were from Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this email read, Hope you are scared of death tomorrow. Don't sleep and be watchful. The daughters of God for we will steal your child and watch it as it dies. Okay, so at this point, Angela was pregnant. So obviously, Angela was like freaked out. Yeah, what the hell? So Angela obviously was stunned. And on June 1st, 2016, she filed a restraining order against Michelle. And she stated that she had been receiving threatening emails from Michelle. And of course, the order was served. The police went to Michelle's parents' house where they served her the order and explained the situation, but Michelle denied everything. 
She insisted that she had no idea what was going on as she had never talked to Angela and had no idea who Angela was. But of course, Anaheim, the Anaheim police didn't buy it. Officer Wyatt had overwhelming evidence against Michelle and the restraining order stood. So thank God they was doing their job. Why is it always, that wasn't me. Well, there's text messages. It wasn't me. There's a video of you robbing this bank. That's your face. Nah, that's not me. It wasn't me. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh my gosh. Whatever. Anyway. Okay, so as obviously as part of the restraining order, Michelle was forced to seize all contact with both Michelle and Ian. But on June 6th, so just a couple days after the restraining order was served, the must continued. You will pay for this. I hope to God you feel the pain I show you. You will burn in the fiery pits of hell. Angela immediately reached out to police and then they were dispatched to Michelle's house. They asked her for all her electronics in which Michelle handed over her phone and laptop. Police searched through her phone and soon after proceeded to arrest her for violating the restraining order. She, she was placed in a holding cell but was bailed out by her parents soon after. So like I said, Michelle's parents were like very, very supportive. And I'm assuming they were well off to like afford to bail your daughter out. No, but what a dumb bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. <laughs> just go on. So now we are in June 13. Angela and Ian are relaxing at home when there is a sudden knock on the door. Angela gets up and proceeds to open a door, and outside is a man that's pretty much asking to have sex with her. He claims he was there for her, and he was looking for her, and Angela was like confused, obviously. And as I mentioned, Ian was there, so she shouted. Ian's name and Ian came out and quickly got the man to go away but throughout the night many men followed with the same exact scenario they were all claiming to be there to engage in sex with Angela and Angela was just confused so eventually the cops were called and they took down as much information as they can get and went on on their way because I mean there wasn't really much they can do at that point you know she wasn't really like well should they weren't like threatening her they were just like harassing her. but is it even harassment if it's a different person each time yeah that was like the thing like they weren't really like harassing her they were just kind of just like making like sexual comments to her and like kind of like trying to like engage like come at her but then she was defensive so they would just like back off that there's no crime so there was no crime committed okay so then the cops were called once again when a man actually physically attacked angela the cop showed up and Angela was disheveled. She had some light red marks like on her face and her shirt was ripped up. Again, there was some physical description of the man, but the man had run off. So there wasn't much they can do. Was Ian still there at this point? Homeboy Ian was still there. Homegirl did. And again, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I, mind you, like she's pregnant. I don't know what the hell this girl's thinking. Okay. Wait, but hold on, Frankie, if there's dudes knocking on our door asking to have sex with me, don't let me answer the door. Not that I would, but like, don't let me do that. Grab my pregnant ass and sit me down. Uh-uh, I'm not that independent. Wow, Jules, I really thought you were more independent than that. <laughs> no, nah, hell no. I'm about to get like snatched up. I'm gonna push you in front of me, boy. We are not safe. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So Angela made the officials aware that about the whole Michelle situation and the, all the emails that were being sent. And then she pointed out that she believed it was... Michelle that was behind this. She claimed that, you know, the night that Michelle was in jail, she didn't receive any creepy emails, and then as soon as she got out, that the email started again. 
So obviously, Michelle was the first person on police's radar, and she was under investigation. Meanwhile, things weren't going so well with the condo agreement. Ian and Angela were denied the mortgage loan. Michelle's obviously over the relationship because she was pushing it to end. Now she's just pissed because he wouldn't renew the mortgage? I mean, I... I, I can't understand Michelle. Like, I don't understand the creepy emails, but I can understand Michelle on the extent where she just wants her name off that loan. If they don't make a payment on that loan, that's just bad on Michelle's behalf. Listen, and this is a bad idea. Don't ever do what I did. But like, I'm on someone's car loan and I don't want to contact him. And I've told him numerous times to take me off and refinance. And it's been on for two, almost three years. And I have no desire to... I don't have any, I don't want anything to do with him to this day. But I guess, Michelle, do you, boo? I mean, Michelle just, Michelle just wanted completely no ties with this guy, or maybe she just wanted to still be in the picture. So at, at this point, like, nothing was really getting done. So, like I mentioned, Ian and Angela filed for a mortgage loan together, obviously, and they were denied. But Ian was, like, in no rush to move or sell the house. So, Michelle, even though she was under investigation for the cyber stalking case, decided to file a breach of contact against Ian. So while that's getting done, days later, another person shows up to the steps of Ian and Angela's house, and this time it is a 17-year-old boy. The police were able to catch the young man and questioned why he was at the condo. The boy said that he was in contact with Angela through Craigslist, and they had arranged to meet for a sexual fantasy rape. So Angela was shocked because she had never posted a sex post on Craigslist. So what had happened was that a man posted a rape fantasy and supposedly Angela had responded to that post. And this is what she had responded to the man's post. I have been dying to have a rape fantasy occur. If you can fulfill this tonight, please let me know. I am 30, tall, gorgeous, and ready. The address of the condo and Angela's email was also provided on the ad response. So this dude that attacked her, he didn't attack her to be malicious. He attacked her because he thought that's what she wanted? Yes, so these... I don't even want to say poor men because that's kind of, I guess... I mean, do you? If you want to have two people, two grown-ass people want to have a rape fantasy encounter, that's fine. Consensual rape? (laughs) I mean, there are some weird things out there. I don't judge, do you? However, in this case... Angela had no idea that these men were going to her house, but these men were thinking that Angela wanted it. So it was just like <laughs> so wanted crazy. to not want it. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Um. Okay. So now it was clear to police that Michelle was a threat to Angela and proceeded to arrest her again. And this time the charges were a lot more serious. She was charged for, she had six charges of attempted rape for every single man that went to Angela's <laughs> house. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Guys, I don't even know why we're laughing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, mm. All right, this is a serious crime podcast, Jennifer. <laughs> Get yourself together. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, with all these charges, she could face almost life in prison for the crimes. But again, Michelle continued to claim she was innocent. And her parents were also in disbelief because they could not believe their daughter could cause danger to onto another individual. 
So Michelle's bail was set at one million, and her parents were able to pay the fine, but they gave her the option, like, do you really, do you want to get out, or do you want me to get a lawyer? And Michelle opted for the lawyer. Her parents set out to find the best lawyer they could, and in the meantime, they did their own investigation. They really believed that their daughter was innocent, and they wanted to prove that she did not send any of those emails or planned out the whole fantasy rape thing. So her father began to check IP addresses where he would write them down and her mom would check for any repeat addresses. They were able to show that during the time one email was sent, Michelle was in class. However, just because you're in class does not mean you can't send an email. Yeah, true. So obviously that wasn't a very a very good alibi for Michelle. And they claimed that she was taking a test, but I'm on my phone every every day. In cl- when I was in class, I would be on my phone. During so. a test? No, not during a test, but they were trying to say that it was, like, a test that day. I get you. Okay, but no proof that there was There was, like, no proof, and it was just kind of, like, she was in class, but that's not good. The DA's office were continuing to build a case against her. However, they were failing because they were unable to tie any of the emails directly to her. So after 88 days, Michelle was released from jail, but the investigation continued. She was being monitored through the ankle bracelet, and she had to wear it at all times. Both sides of the case were working hard, and there was finally a breakthrough. The one of the IP addresses was traced back to the Anaheim condo in which Ian and Angela were still living. This breakthrough proved that Michelle was in fact innocent the whole time and the charges were dropped against her. Now police had some questions for Ian. Dun dun dun! What? You do this to me every other week. Okay guys. Nah, I'm mad. Now you know the truth. Homegirl Michelle was innocent. And she had nothing to do with this whole freaking crazy rape fantasy. Who the hell? So, like I said, they were... They had some questions for Ian. During that time, the ad response were made around the time that the condo settlement was coming to an end. And it seemed convenient for Ian that the only person in his way for moving forward was Michelle. And if she were in jail, he can keep the condo. However, the IP address not only directed the cops to the home, it led it to a device, which was Angela's phone. Police soon discovered that Angela was the mastermind behind the rape fantasy plan. And after doing some research, they actually found out that she had a lot of fraudulent activity and had even faked cancer. And guess what? She was never even pregnant with Ian's child. She was just crazy. She really ruined Michelle's life did ian know yeah ian knew he claimed that he didn't but he knew and um angela actually ended up doing five years i was just gonna say dude what is it like 2015 how do you not know that the first thing that officers look at is an ip address so ian actually didn't get any time he there was sort of proof but he was a u.s marshal so there's kind of like, you know, a little conspiracy theory saying that they didn't investigate enough on Ian's behalf. But Angela Diaz did do five years for that. And um, if you guys want to check out the documentary Dateline, I think I believe it's called A Diabolical Plan because that's what it fucking was. Um, she was heartbroken, you know. Imagine, like, Ontario, it's, it's not that big. So if that news spreads, like, you're everywhere. She had to wear an ankle bracelet and... She's in tears pretty much describing how, like, miserable she was because it just made her look like a completely different person. And you guys know the media. The media can 
demolish somebody's reputation. And it was, like, really heartbreaking just to see how bad it affected her. This is Michelle. Oh, my God, she's so pretty. And it's so, like, funny because when she got out, like, I guess she all she wanted was a Starbucks. And I'm like, same, girl, same. Like, that's what I would want. Yeah, this is our first case without murder. Nobody died? Have you noticed that nobody usually dies in my story so far, guys? Oh, my gosh, you're right. John and Mark. Crime doesn't always consist of murder, Jules. Julie. First of all, all of mine do. <laughs> Honestly, my biggest things are cold cases because it always dives into technology, which I love calling attention to. And also the, the justice system, dude. Like cases that show how inconsistent the justice system are. And definitely we're going to get into more episodes about that with me. And it's crazy because in the Michelle Hadley case, you can see the officer Wyatt. You know, they're asking him questions like, how did you not know? He's like, honestly... It, it seemed like it was her. All fingers pointed to Michelle. And it was just, there was like, we didn't really believe that this can be like a mastermind plan like that. And it's crazy because sometimes I feel like officers have a lot going on also. Doesn't make it okay, I guess. But I, could, I can see why they would be like, no, like it clearly says it's her email, you know. I don't know. I mean, they arrested her from looking at her phone. So I don't know how the hell that happened. But again i'm glad she's out 88 days is a long time when you're innocent and especially when you're a girl like michelle she seemed like she was an all-american girl used to just living a good comfortable life and because of some evil selfish people she was like unfairly in jail justice system get it together i cannot stress this enough i was just talking to Frankie about the Casey Anthony case and I was getting pretty upset and maybe one day we'll talk about it I think people have heard enough about Casey Anthony maybe if you guys want to hear our take we'll talk about it but that whole case just makes me so angry the justice system needs some serious refining I agree but well, I hope you guys really enjoyed my story, and I hope it got you like it got Julie. I just love it when I when Julie has no idea what I'm about to tell. It's so much fun. Can't wait to trip you out. Dude, it was impossible to make my neck. Well, it's going to air after you guys hear this one, but the next story, it was like impossible to make a mystery. Come on. Come on. You kind of kept it a, a mystery. Nah, you knew who it was. Anyway, so that, that's, that's going to be on Monday, guys, but... um. Yeah, is there anything else you want to say about that case? Um, no, just like I mentioned, if you guys want to see the full documentary on it, um, check it out. I believe it's Dateline. It's called um, Diabolical Plan. It's really good. I, You know, you guys can just see more of her raw emotion and just hear the full story. So check that out. Thanks so much for consuming crime with us. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And again, don't forget to like us and give us five stars. Facebook page is Consuming Crime. Instagram is Consuming Crime. And obviously, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, give us five-star rating and leave us some comments. You know, maybe some stories you guys want to hear. All right. Peace out, fam. Toodles.